Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. As a journalist, and I love talking to journalists, and there's a lot of sports stories that I don't get to talk about because most of the people that I sit with don't know a damn thing about sports. <laughs> it's um, rendered useless here, but not today. Let me welcome an uh, amazing journalist. He's got a new book on Ricky Ricky Henderson, one of the greatest base stealers, maybe baseball players of all time. I love this. I love this. It's called Ricky, the life and legend of an American original. Let me welcome the one and only Howard Bryant. Hi. Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Is it, are you is, always just energetic? Do you have to put this on or is it just you? Well, if you Smidge. listen to the radio, uh, if you listen to the show frequently. Um, it's always you. Th- this is uh, what you see is what you get. Now, I'm a little more shy in person. I, I'm not shy. I just don't really like to be around people before the pandemic. I ain't really like a whole lot of people around me. I'm a one-on-one type of person. I like to talk to people. one on You know, as a journalist, you want to talk one-on-one. No I don't doubt. like crowds. You know, some people that like to be on the stage and they want to talk to thousands of people. And I want to know who you are. Just you. You. Just you. That's it. So that's radio. Radio, I feel like I'm one-on-one. This is why I think I thrive in this environment. Yeah, this is me. I get up like this without any coffee. So me neither. Up. No coffee. Yeah, so and I think you know life should be lived like you just like I got up this morning. Come on, life, let's go, <laughs> let's go. What you got? Ah, <sighs> so I taught today. Uh, <laughs> I I thought I didn't start until next week, but uh, today was my first day back in school, and um, always excited about that because I get to impart all of this wisdom that I've acquired to the next generation and it's it's you know as I said to them, I don't know what journalism is. I'm going to prepare you for an industry that no, no longer exists. But at least you'll have the skills. You won't say you weren't told how to do it, but it doesn't exist anymore. I told them I came up in an era where people had typewriters, where you probably won't see that except in the Smithsonian. People could smoke indoors. (laughs) What's a typewriter? Exactly. Uh, Folks were smoking when I came into the Daily News, had cigarettes in their mouths. Um, I got there a little bit later. I got to the Oakland Tribune in 91. And you couldn't smoke indoors in California. That was the first year you couldn't smoke indoors. So dudes would sit there at their at their typewriters with unlit cigarettes hanging out their mouths because they couldn't couldn't work without the habit still. The glory days of, of I said, and you could be sexually harassed and it wasn't a damn thing that anybody was gonna do about it. <laughs> that was the glory liquor, days. Liquor in the bottom drawer. <laughs> liquor in the bottom drawer. People un- unwanted touching and there was no <laughs> HR department that would hear your claim. I mean it was you know, but we survived. You know, we I know you probably didn't have that happen to you. But uh, we're here. Uh, and there's a lot of sports stories. I asked you off mic if you were going to be covering the uh, Super Bowl. And you said you haven't been on an airplane in two years, but you're going to be watching. And I was like, boo. Boo it's to my, you. I'm not, your job. I'm, I'm not watching. I'm not going to be sitting there with a whole bunch of nachos and having a party. I gotta, I gotta, I'll, I'll check in to see what's up. I'm going to tell you how checked out I am. I don't even know who's in the Super Bowl. But we don't know yet. Oh, there we go. So I don't, <laughs> all right. So I'm all right. I'm ahead of the game. Then I know who's not. I know Dallas Cowboys are not, and I know Tom Brady's not. Happy about all of that for you know just as a passing fancy. And I know that the Super Bowl halftime show is full of black people that I will not be watching. I'll watch it on my Twitter timeline. But there's some weird stuff going on in NFL. And I said to you, I stopped watching it because this is a racist ass league. All of them probably are, but I feel like it feels more plantationy. Yes, millionaires. Uh, abound but more plantation-y than ever and I feel like the middle finger's being given quite frequently by the so-called owners and I'm not participating so you haven't watched a football game since when since Colin Kaepernick 
uh, since so, they did not hire him back. And I was like, okay. So oh. you have watched enough. Have you seen any football? You've seen enough to know, right, that the games now, after Colin Kaepernick took his knee, after George Floyd was murdered, after Jacob Blake was shot, right, now they have all this signage on the field. End racism is in the back of the end zone. It takes all of us is in the back of the end zone. They have stickers on their hat on their helmets that say stop hate. What? And I'm like, y'all are wild and it takes all of us to do what? And start with you. And start <laughs> with you. Start with y'all. It like, takes yeah. all of us. It takes all of us to blackball the guy who's talking about what you say you need to stop. Right. So it I, feels that, like a I'm, massive I'm, troll. I feel like and, and a lot of us massively, and I, and I agree with you, I feel like a lot of us have space in our psyche for the hypocrisy that plays out. Every, like we, we, we have this space of acceptance. It's compartmentalizing. Uh, yeah. we, we make a deal, right? I mean, for me, for me, it wasn't even Cap yet. It wasn't even Kaepernick. It was I was watching a game between I was watching a game between the Monday night game between the Saints and the Patriots. And Stephen Ridley, one of the running backs and the Patriots, took a ball off tackle went full speed into the line and this other brother just crunched him right hat to hat helmet to helmet you could see on the replay he was unconscious before he hit the ground right out and then he fumbled the ball because he was unconscious he dropped the ball and so the commentators said oh you know i mean ball security is really important you know stephen ridley's got to learn to hang on to the ball I'm like he's unconscious and then they were like, well, there's an, injured, there's an injured Patriot on the field. We'll be right back. So they go sell some beer, sell some cars, come back, sweep poor Stephen Ridley off the field. And I said to myself, people are making a deal. They are making a deal with themselves to tolerate this. You got these black men out here knocking the hell out of each other for money. And then you look on the sidelines and everybody on the sideline with a helmet on is black 70%. And everybody with a clipboard is white. And when you watch it in college football, it's even worse. Because now we're talking about not having any black coaches. College coaches don't get hired if you're black. So once again, the bottom line is what it's always been. You work for them, black body over black brain, but now they pay you for it. Mm. Mm. Let's sit there for a second. 866-801-8255, because I've talked to Dr. Uh, Amalo a, a, a couple of few times. And he's not a football aficionado, but he's a brain specialist, brain health specialist. And we've talked about... And people have gone out of their way to try to discredit all the time now yeah, because he but, took on the NFL. But explain Junior Seau, explain um, Hernandez, explain Ray, Ray Lewis. <laughs> I said it. Mm. And a bunch of other people <laughs> named Ray who do things that make no sense. And then and, and Antonio Brown. So I, I was watching uh, a piece on CBS this morning... Uh, and they did, did this whole Antonio Brown thing. They started mm-hmm. with his rap sheet. I th- said, that's interesting. I was like, huh, okay, assault, domestic violence. He's got all of these arrests. Then I saw him on another program where he's, I think, suing because he feels like he had a mental health issue and they're not respecting it. But And I was also saying, I think he probably has CTE, but I also think that he's been coddled his whole life or protected his whole life. Or that every time he gets in trouble because he is Antonio Brown and can catch the football like no one else, that people have made provisions for him to behave however he wants to behave without any checks. And now he's a grown man who might have also a brain injury 
and he doesn't uh, feel like he should be held accountable for his actions. And I was wondering how much of that, because once again, you know, the people, you, if you're a coach or you're in a locker room, you know who's not right. You know who smacks around the woman in their lives or who beats their child. or You know, we know that Ray Rice, who never played football again, is not the only person that cold cocked somebody uh, that they supposedly loved and dragged him out of an elevator. Like, we know way worse things have happened. And we've seen video, you know. And I'm like, but, but they make provisions, right? Antonio Brown, that he even got to play again. <laughs> that even, I'm just like, your thoughts on that, Howard? Well, it's a talent trap. I mean, that's what it is. You, it, you talk about that coddling. What does that coddling come from? You can do something for me. You have an ability that I'm willing to compensate. And I am so willing to compensate this that I'm willing to look past everything you're all about. It goes back to when they were talking about drugs in sports. And I remember talking to a, an IOC uh, an IOC executive who said something to me about, do you want a clean race or do you want a fast race? The public wants a fast race. And if you want a fast race, then you're not thinking about whether or not these people are good people or whether or not they have character, whether they should have character. I need a fast race. And let's face it, if you were really, you know, really all about student athletes and all about this, you wouldn't you wouldn't be world class necessarily. And that's the deal. That's the thing that we also talk about a lot in terms of my writing, what I try to concentrate on, too, is what does the institution owe the individual? If I'm going to take those legs of yours because I want a fast race, is it also up to me to do more to help you? Or do I just take what you have and then throw you in the trash when it's over, when you can't mm -hmm. run anymore? Or hold you accountable. Or hold and you say, you know what? You keep your fast legs. I'm not going to take all of this. Correct yourself. Well, I mean, you have Bruce Arians, the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, said it immediately about Antonio Brown. Here's a guy who goes out, fakes his vaccination card, gets suspended for it, is already in trouble. Nobody really has any. There's, there's no confusion here about what he brings environment wise. You know, he comes with some packages, right? He comes with some baggage. And Arians know he had some injured players and the Tampa Bay Bucks got shut out by the Saints, beat them nine to nothing or whatever that score was. And he just came out and said it. I need players. Mm. All right. We're talking with the great Howard Bryant. We are here. I didn't bring you on to talk about any of this, actually. And I'm about to <laughs> talk about a story that I didn't bring you on to talk about either. But, you know, it's fascinating to me, again, a league that I'm not watching uh, that has all of these signages. Now you're telling me signs about, you know, it takes race. all of us, Karen. Uh, OK. All right. Now, I didn't know this because I have not watched a single down uh, in the last. I want to say how long has it been, Smith, since we were in that last time we, we had a uh, fantasy football league. That was three years ago. Might have been three, four years ago. 2019. Well, Cap hasn't played since 2017. Since okay, well, it was 2019 yeah. when I made my stand. That was the last time um, I watched because I thought maybe he'd get a chance. I think it was the fake tryout that they gave him. Out I was of like, one I'm in done. Atlanta, yeah. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. But I was watching, um, you know, they still haven't hired any black coaches, even though, like, not really, right? Even though there's this Rooney rule, which I also thought, that's rigged. That's some bull crap. Then Deadspin, which I think is the mo one of the most problematic sports outlets uh, in the history. It is the Fox News of Joe Rogan sports outlets, Deadspin, uh, did a whole piece on Mike McDaniel, basically identifying him as just another white boy or just another white guy who, <laughs> who the NFL likes. 
except there's a problem. And I think, you know, I want to talk about this in, in the framework of Joe Rogan's uh, questioning, you know, who's black, why is this person black, but whatever. I think America has a race problem. And it's that they have created a, a racial construct that's made up that now they can't even suss out. They don't even understand. You got Hispanics checking white. You got you got, mm-hmm. these, you got mm-hmm. Indians like Nimrata being white. You got black people <laughs> who they don't know are black. And it, they're confused because it's a made up construct. And now Mike McDaniels gets thrown into this bucket of being a white boy. And he's actually not by America's definition of black uh, blackness. He's not white. Make this make sense, Howard. Well, the only way to make it make sense is, once again, it's the proximity to whiteness. I mean, that's the whole game. And not just the proximity to whiteness, but the distance from blackness, right? It depends on which one is even more important. You start thinking about when you're a professional athlete, one of the very first things that they teach you, especially you know, if, if you're black, is you got to stay away from where you came from. They teach you not to be around those elements, they teach you, you now you this? represent. Wait, why do you know this, Howard? I'm a reporter. I've been doing this for 30 years, right? I mean, take Chris Webber, for example, right? Chris Webber, the great Chris Webber, when he got into the NBA with the Warriors in 93, he wanted to hire a black agent. Why? Because it's hard for black people to get into this business. And the black veterans, the brothers in the 80% black league told him, if you hire a black agent, you will look too militant. Don't do this. You're going to hurt your career if you give somebody black an opportunity. So fast forward. LeBron so not only forward. hired a black agent, he went out and trained up a whole and lot. Trained up his hey, Rich Paul, exactly. Trained mm-hmm. up some folks, sent them to school. And now Rich Paul, they had to make a whole rule because he's he's now he too much so, influence. Yes. So something changed. So I'm saying this, 866-801-8255, because somebody has to make the shift. So it wasn't Chris Webber. He didn't make the shift. There had to be somebody that gave LeBron James the the the, the baton the or, mm-hmm. or create the bridge. Was it Craig Hodges? Was it Mahmoud uh, Abdul-Rahim? Was it yeah. like who, who, who bridged the gap for LeBron to be freeing everybody? Because basically what he did was he freed everybody. He was like, we can do whatever we want now, including run everything. Here, hold my beer. Right? Maybe. I mean, or maybe it was an accumulation. Maybe it was all the above. Because when you start seeing this and you hear it, and it's and, and they're open secrets, right? It's not, nobody's hiding it. You realize, well, if I ever get an opportunity to do that, I'm going to do it different. And if I have an opportunity to do it, I'm also going to recognize that window when I have, where I can do it. Because... Once your talent begins to diminish, now all of a sudden you're beholden to them, unless you leverage it when you have it, unless you take that in that moment when you've got it. And that's one of the reasons why you look at professional sports right now and so many people talk about this being the, the players having too much power because there is a shift. And you look at even someone like Kyrie Irving, who essentially when the Brooklyn Nets hired Steve Nash, didn't even refer to him as a coach. He said he's more of an advisor. I mean, <laughs> I mean that, that is right there. A way of this new generation essentially saying, yeah, we, we are rewriting what you think is the traditional model here. So what's wrong with football? Because it seems as if it is uh, 50 well, the difference years, with football, just to cut 50 you, I mean, years to, behind the NBA. Well, I don't mean to cut football. you off, Karen, okay, but the ahead. big difference with football is, is that football controls your money. Basketball contracts are guaranteed. So 
You know, if you sign me to a $40 million contract, you can't touch my money. Football, they cut you, you don't get your money. So they still get to control you. Why you get they, hurt why in they football. get to do that? So take us through because it wasn't because always that way with the NBA. It was always that. In it the NBA, always? no. In the, in the NBA, no, 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 no. In the NBA, no. The players fought for their rights. Just, it all starts with baseball. Right. Baseball players fought for their rights in 1970. You know, Kurt Flood goes back to Kurt Flood, history lesson. You know, he fought the reserve clause back in 1969. He loses to the Supreme Court. But baseball kept fighting. So by 1975, baseball players win their rights. And what do we have? Free agency. Right. Football was going to fight that to the end because football's argument was we can't give you guaranteed contracts because you get hurt too much. There's too much liability. And football players have bought into that. Football players bought into that next man up stuff, which is hurting them. It's hurting their bottom line. That next man. I mean, it's that football. The football loves to have that military culture that, it, you know, and they don't realize how much it has hurt them. And when they tried to fight for these guaranteed contracts and, and the new ownership, I'm sorry, the new leadership of the Players Association is getting more and more and more guaranteed money for players. They're getting more guaranteed money for quarterbacks. But at the end of the day, because football players' money is controlled by the coaches, that's a control sport right there. Mm. Basketball, you can't touch Kyrie's money. Ben Simmons is sitting at home right now. He's making $32 million on the couch. I ain't mad at him. And Kyrie, Kyrie's like, mm, well, he got his money, but he had so much money that it's like, I could, I could not play. I could not. I don't play have to play. Game. Well, and that, what, and what does that do, right? That, that is the other thing. Like when we talk about coaches, like I'm glad you brought up coaches earlier. It's not just, well, you know, how come there are no black coaches? I think one of the mistakes that we make in this industry, especially this industry, is basketball and football. Basketball is 80% black. Football is a little under 70, 68, 69% black, 70% black league, let's call it. Because the workforce is black, we're expecting the front office to be black. That ain't the case. If you look at the hierarchy of the NBA, if you look at the hierarchy of football, and then you go out to California and you go look at who's picking your strawberries and your oranges, and mm. all them people are black and brown, but they don't run it. Why do we think it's going to be the case in basketball and football? Because of money. We overemphasize the importance of money. As Carmelo Anthony told me a long time ago, their billions beat our millions. Now, they're happy to have the millions, but the bottom line is they're not equals. It's still a labor question. Mm. You know, and when you start looking at black people, especially and talk about hiring, the biggest impediment to being a coach in professional sports, in basketball and football especially, is you had to play first. If you're white, you didn't. If you look at the National Basketball Association, right, there have only been 11 black coaches that weren't former players, dating back to 1966 when Bill Russell became the first black coach in the league. So what is that? What is the first thing on your resume? You got to have world-class talent to make the league in the first place. So you got to have the ability to get there, to coach there. And that's not true of white players, right? If you look at white coaches, rather, right? So you look at baseball. Major League Baseball has had 15 black managers. None of them were, all of them, rather, were former players. So you had to be, a, you had to be good enough to make the majors. And in baseball, nine of them were all-stars. So now you got to be top of the top just to get a managing job. And that's not true of white players. So when you think about the impediments, the, the barriers to entry, you got no shot. All right, let's talk, talk about your people. 
the writers, 866-801-8255. And I'll get to some calls. Oh, yes, my yeah, people. Let's talk about your people. My we'll talk people. With the great Howard Bryant, author, journalist, uh, extraordinaire. Um, they determine who gets in the Hall of Fame, correct? <laughs> Baseball Hall of Fame. People, baseball Hall of Fame. People who mostly have never picked up a bat, can't spell. Why are you hurting run, on me right can't now? Can't run a base. Most of them old, fat, white, uh, unathletic, thick mm. glasses. I'm doing it because I've been in the <laughs> I've been there. I've been there, and I'm like, damn, y'all. How do you judge somebody? You can't do any of this. Sit down. That's why I respect the people like Curtis Bunn or or even Stephen A. Who've actually you know picked up a basketball and actually knows how to shoot it through the hoop. I'm not going to disrespect you, Howard Bryant. I'm imagining you you might have some athletic ability, and not that that's important because you're a journalist. <laughs> how do they right. fix their pin to leave Barry Bonds off of a Hall of Fame ballot? Please explain what's happening. Because they cheated. That's why. I mean, here's the thing that bothers me about this, all right? People are making it seem like the Baseball Writers Association of America are making this decision based on what they saw Barry Bonds as a player. The Baseball Writers Association of America also gave Barry Bonds seven MVPs. They voted for him. The same people are voting for him, right? Now, for me as a Hall of Fame voter, I've, I've got a Hall of Fame ballot since 2007. I checked out of this. I haven't voted for five years, six years. And the reason why I haven't voted is because this is what an institutional failure looks like, right? I backed out of Hall of Fame voting because Bud Selig, the commissioner, put himself in the Hall of Fame. The managers who made all this money off these athletes, they're in the Hall of Fame, right? The executives are going to the Hall of Fame. And then they left it to us, the writers, to punish the players. And I didn't think that was fair. I didn't want to be used by management that way. This is your mess. It's the player's mess because the dirty ones lied and cheated and looked at you in the eye and told you they weren't using when they were. The clean ones didn't say anything because they were all making bank, right? So I'm not going to vote for that either because I was in that locker room during those times when dudes were out there. It wasn't just harmless. They were looking you in the eye telling you they were going to sue you. They were going to end your career, that this was a witch hunt. Lied to your face about what they were doing, right? So I'm not, I don't take that lightly, right? Just person to person. And there was only one player, Jason Giambi, was the only guy when all that stuff was going down who came to me and said, I apologize. I was stuck. We were in a situation and I, you know, I apologize. Everybody else looked you in the eye, took you for a fool. So my, I look at it this way, Karen. If they got into the Hall of Fame, they earned it. But if they didn't get into the Hall of Fame, they also earned that too. Mm. And so for me, I was like, this is your mess. You handle it. I'm not voting. And one of the reasons I'm not so, voting is so wait, because... Wait, 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 David Ortiz made it. David Ortiz did make it. Did he, David did he, use, did he juice? David Ortiz was mm. on... It, David Ortiz was on the survey testing list in 2003 when it was supposed to be non-punitive. It was a survey test to find out how prevalent the issue was. And supposedly, <laughs> his name was leaked on the list. Now, what we don't know about David Ortiz was what he was on the ban list for, Right. So he might have been using the same hard stuff that everybody else was using. He might have been using some other stuff that was on the ban list that wasn't exactly a steroid. I don't know, but we don't know that, right? However, 
David Ortiz absolutely got the benefit of the doubt in ways that Barry Bonds and those guys because didn't. they don't like Barry Bonds. And David well, Ortiz, big poppy with all the um, menstrual uh, behavior. I'm gonna say <laughs> it. Y'all can at me. Yeah, you know he's he's an affable black. And he's, he doesn't cause problems. He's not surly and absurdic. And, and if Barry Bonds yeah, smiled if you a little talk, more. But if you, talk to, if you talk to David about being black, I will say what's about David. David's one of the few Latinos in the game who identifies as black okay. and identifies with the black situation. Because most of the Dominican players will be like, I know, that ain't I my know problem. Black. I'm no black. I, yes. That's what I'm uh, talking yes, about, right? Yes, and David's yes. not one of those guys. And here's the one thing I will Damn. say about And I didn't vote for David. I didn't vote for anybody. Like I said, right. I haven't voted in years, right? right? Right. The one thing I will say is we do give people dispensation for being nice people. That's right. That's 100% right. You're supposed to be voting based on their baseball prowess. And, and if you could tell me you, that Barry Karen, Bonds wasn't far better he was. than David Barry Ortiz, Bonds, even without David, the steroids, Barry I'm going to call BS the, on that. Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player I've ever seen in my lifetime. Thank you. And he's no not in the Hall that. of Fame? Then the Hall We're of Fame's not... completely discredited. It is and it isn't. It is because, look, I look at it this way, right? We're not talking about this for nothing. There's a reason why we're talking about this. And it's not just the writers. So you can talk about the writers being fat and schlubby and not being able to see without glasses and needing contacts and all of that above. Flat However, footed. you also... Pigeon and flat footed yeah. and pigeon And the breast stink. Go ahead. And, you know, <laughs> I had to sit, you know, I know, I know. I've been in that Anyhow, locker room. Go ahead. But I will say this the Hall of Fame players don't want known drug users in, the, in their club. So it's not just the writers. Hank Aaron was like, nope. I don't is, want, Ty, nope. is Ty Cobb in the Hall of Fame? Ty Cobb has been dead since 1960. I don't give a damn. I'm asking a question. Yes, he's in the Hall of okay. Fame. You know he's in the Hall of Fame. You I'm not. Throw... I'm, I'm yeah, saying, yeah. You know he's in the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying. Despicable, horrible, but, and probably in an affirmative action league, could not play against uh, Satchel Page and the rest of them. And But he's a uh, baseball Hall of Famer? Come on. And, but we didn't. I mean, I know. it's. Mm-hmm. All I'm going to say is, I am not defending this. I'm saying, what I'm saying is, okay, is that this is what an institutional failure looks like. This is what it looks like. And nobody can make you know, nobody can make sense out of it. But I am going to say that the players, we can't take what the players did out of this. Barry Bonds ain't in the Hall of Fame for a very specific reason. And that's on Barry Bonds. Mm, Barry Bonds. Mm, on, it, it is on bull crap right now. No, I'm not. I'm, yeah. All I'm going to say on this is all I'm going to say on this is that you can't extract that because if we weren't talking about drugs, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. Now, so what you're really saying is, so that drug you should be excused. And I'm saying, if it is excused, fine. He's the best player I ever saw. But let's not say there's no reason why he's not in there. Okay. There's a reason. But, but we're all talking about this. But he was the best player you ever this. saw even before the drug use. And we're talking with Howard. Howard Bryant. Uh, he I was clean a- before I was dirty. Right. And so he should be rewarded for being clean and being the until best he was dirty. Player. Until he was dirty, and then you know, we put, you know, the last hero that. 
uh, A Life of Henry Aaron, amazing book. You even wrote uh, Juice in the Game, Drugs, Power, and the Fight for the Soul of Major League Baseball. So you know a thing or two about this. You've studied it. Tiny and, bit. Yeah. You, I mean, I'm not discrediting your your scholarship and your your, your research. And it's your a mess, Karen. It's it a total is, but, mess. But fundamentally, we all know Barry Bonds should be in a damn baseball hall of fame. And so period. should Roger Clemens and all of it. And so here's okay, what my, I agree. My, my solution on this is, look, you don't want to put him in there like people like me, right? I'm not, I, I hope he gets in, but it's not coming from me. So I just checked. I didn't vote against him anymore. I didn't vote for him. I was like, this is y'all problem. This is your issue, right? You can deal with this. Baseball should just have a committee, make a special committee to deal with this issue, find a new group of folks to just vote it and let it happen so everybody gets to keep their morality. I can be fine. I didn't vote him in, but I'm glad he's in. And they can have him in because you can't have, can you have a Hall of Fame without Barry Bonds, without the greatest players? Probably not. Nope. So, but this isn't a non, it's not like for nothing that it's happening. You know, it's not for nothing. It is for something. Okay. You know? Well, I, I feel like this. And how would this... you feel if you were going up against me <clears throat> mm-hmm. and, and I was on the stuff and you weren't? And here I am making 12 million and here you are making 800 or not even in the league. But if I'm being honest and you're Barry Bonds and I'm not, Barry Bonds <laughs> before was still Barry better. Barry Bonds is such are, a bad example. I, I know, this, but though. this is why he should be in. This, this should be an exception because you know he's good enough and, and he is he's the best to ever pick up a baseball and a bat. He should be in. Yes, he took steroids. But we again, this country was founded on a fundamental lie. Period. This whole nation and these leagues and these owners with their, you know, proclivities. I'm just going to say that all <laughs> dirty. But yet they want to sit in a seat of like your, your whole league before the, there was a Negro baseball league. You had a whole league of affirmative action players and Babe Ruth was black. Let's just let's just go. Let's go. Let's have the conversation. But stop gaslighting us. Because at the well, end of the true. day, this is it's ridiculous. All, it's Barry all Bonds not in the Hall of Fame. Just cancel the Hall of Fame because y'all are on some bull crap. Period. Full stop. Let's go to the phones. 866-801-8255. Our Bryant is here. How are you going to put me in this position making it what? sound like I am defending something I'm not even sure I'm defending? I know, but you, you're you doing a good job. <laughs> doing a good job. <laughs> Terry in Maryland, welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Karen, uh, again, you are spot on. Barry Bonds should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. Writers hold things against these players because they... They go back at the writers hard. And that's just the truth of it. Barry Bonds, before he broke the home run record, before all this stories, whatever it was, came up, they were talking about he was a Hall, Hall, Hall of Fame player. Not all of a sudden, when he's not on their side, don't accept the crap they be talking about him. Now they got it, came up with this excuse. Oh, he was he he was using steroids or he was he, he was he was popping all these people. That's, that's some civil language. That's some bullshit. Okay. The man should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. Yes, I, I agree. I mean, but if we're being honest, and I feel this way maybe about the Oscars, about, you know, all of these awards. Hell, Sylvester Stallone is in the International Boxing Hall of Fame for playing Rocky. <laughs> Something's <laughs> fundamental. You know, like, it, we got to be, we got to start having these conversations. Like, what are we doing? This whole country founded on a lie. 
you know, George Washington, you know, you own 300 plus people and you freaking were brutal. You were horrible. Those teeth in your mouth came from the people that you owned and you wouldn't, wouldn't freedom. But you are the father of this country. True, true. But founder of what? And How many people- white people do you know with the last name Jefferson? A lot. White people? Oh, no, 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 no. You're right. Okay, Thomas. Yeah, no, you're right. Mostly <laughs> black people. Jackson, Jefferson, Washington. That's black. Yes. You're, yes. We got we got some serious problems to work through. What is wrong with us? All right. I want you on. to call me when you meet a white person whose last name is Jefferson. All right. I don't know one. All right. Listen. One. All right. We have Hit millions of people. 866 <laughs> Call up if you know a white person named Jefferson. <laughs> last name Jefferson. <laughs> I'm thinking George and Wheezy. No, they're not white. No. All right, hold mm-hmm. on. The Jeffersons. So Reggie what's your point? played for the Red Sox. What's your point? My point, is, my point is that the third president of the United States cut a wide swath. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he was a rapist. I said a, it. He was a rapist. Can we have, I mean, Black History Month, which is every day it's coming on the up. next show. week. Yes, every day on the Carrot Hunter shows, every day on Urban View. Uh, we'll be examining all of these things. I think it's time to tell the truth about this nation, about everything, and then come to reckoning with it. Because it's still, I don't want to be anyplace else right now. I haven't lived anyplace else. I don't plan on living anyplace else unless it gets really crazy after 2022 and 2024. But, you know, this is a nation that five, six generations, my folk came and helped build. So I'm not just going to be like, all right, deuces. No, we we are here. (laughs) We are Americans, and we're part of this. Uh, So let's tell the truth. Let's tell the truth about it. Yeah. What happened? Monica? Monica in Maryland no. wants to ask you a question. Okay, Monica. Yeah, hi. And- hi, Karen. Mm-hmm. Hi, Howard. Um, Hello. I to your commentary. I have one question. In regards to the NCAA allowance of the transgender um, swimmer at Penn, um, do you think they got that right? They did um, allow. They, they reversed that. It- Didn't they? Go ahead. I'm sorry, to Howard. She asked you. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's. I, I think that's a question that is going to be real interesting in how they navigate this. Um, you know, and I, I, I feel like I understand some of the arguments. I understand some of the other arguments. At the end of the day, I do sort of feel like what's taking place here is, is it's it is exclusion. I mean, in some ways, it's exclusion. You are trying what? to what? Well, what I'm saying is, is that I mean, at some point, right? Like, if 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 what the if what the argument is, I mean, I think about Castor Semenya, right? The 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 sprinter, mm-hmm. and different category. All right. So for people category. who don't know, Leah Thomas is a transgender swimmer, University of Pennsylvania, who swam as a man, swam as a man, mm-hmm. and is now a transgender woman, and is swimming as a woman, and has won. 200 yard, 500 yard freestyle yeah, place to go is, is mm-hmm. winning, is winning. I have very strong feelings about this. And I think there should be a separate category because if you are born a, a with two X and a Y chromosome, you have a particular muscular makeup. There's no amount of hormones, in my opinion, as p- particularly in sprinting and swimming and t- in certain sports. There's some sports, mm-hmm. pool, uh, golf. Like I feel like there's some sports, it doesn't matter. But it matters in swimming. And your musculature yeah. as coming through puberty and all of that, it matters. And you can take hormones to, to balance that out, but it's not changing your DNA. And I feel very strongly about it. And, you know, I, I think they did reverse because I don't think Leah Thomas will be competing moving forward. Yeah, it's good. Like I said, it's, it's, it, there's a lot here. There's a lot here, especially when you're talking about sports. And, and there, 
you know, there are all kinds of different questions. And when you talk about like just breaking it down, right? Because that's what this show is all about. Let's just call it for what it is. The idea of all of this is fairness when none of it is fair, right? When you start breaking down sports, athletic competition, race, class, gender, all of it, none of it is fair, right? I mean, during the pandemic, you know, the, you know, when you talk about who's got opportunities to do things, who gets to do things, are you know, what's going to take place over the next several years and decades is a reckoning on the word fair, on what it all means. I mean, so is there going to be a separate category? Is there not? Uh, you know, is there? Remember back when the NBA wanted to do a six foot and under league because some people are taller than the other. You had no chance to compete, right? Oh. All of these different questions. When you take it along gender, you think about it in terms of it makes perfect sense, right? There are certain there are certain lanes that we do believe are immutable, and I understand that. But what I'm saying is, is that the world is getting much, much more complicated. complicated. Yes, it is. Well, and what are have, they going to well, do? Are we, should we have? Should we have the conversation? I, I feel like people are so afraid to have the conversation because they don't want to get canceled. You know, and to the point where the pendulum is swung to the opposite end, where we're making, we're overly conceding things that to me, if I were, if I were, you know, you brought up Casta Semenya, who did not know that she had That's testicles. Right. She did not know. She, she had a vagina her whole life, didn't know that they had, she had testicles that had not descended. And still banned her. And they banned her, right. Mm -hmm. But because of the, the biology. And that still has to, to me, when we're talking about sports and competing and those gold medals, the biology has to trump our feelings. I'm sorry. They just have to. And it may not be fair, but we, you know, it's, oh, man. It's like we're, we're um, mm. and I'm saying this at the same time, and I'm like, as a black person in America, we have to be concerned with the few <laughs> over the many. You know, but it does become complicated, but we have it, to have exactly. the conversation because we're adults, and we can do That's that. Right. And we're loving adults, meaning we, we're not here to make anyone feel bad. But, damn it, at some point, I'm in that swimming pool. I'm mad. All right. I'm like, mm -mm, mm. I'm going to still whoop your ass because I'm going to train extra hard, but I shouldn't have to. Well, and that's <sighs> how people feel about class. You know, the multi rich person who's got all the free, all the private lessons and all the money that can create an athlete. And here I am grinding here and I got to compete against you. That's what I'm talking about, about the entire umbrella uh, of fairness. I'm glad you brought this up today in my class. One of my students said, I want to be the next Oprah. I said, okay, so you want to be raped as a child, have a baby, <laughs> lose your, you know, have to move in with your father, go through all of that turmoil, not feel good about yourself, dark skin in, in the South. So you want to do all, would you trade that to be no, Oprah? No, I, I want Oprah's money. Right. But to be Oprah means you have to go Oprah's through. I want Oprah's road. Right. But that's the thing, right? And and the reason why some people, you can have all of that, uh, all of that money, Howard, and still not be able to compete with an Antonio Brown because you or compete with a Venus and Serena because you didn't grow up on a glass strewn mm -hmm. court with no net playing with dead balls with a father that didn't really, you know, that 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 made you, you know, into the person that you are. That's why they couldn't compete with Venus and Serena because they can't do Venus. And Serena. You can be Jennifer Capriati all day long. You're not going to beat those women. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.